I really believe that we change the world by being fully alive in our everyday life. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. You guys, I have so many fun and exciting things to be sharing with you this week, but let's start right out of the gate with who I have on the show, Mandy Ariato. She is the CEO of Mops, and she recently wrote the book Have More Fun. I loved this book. It is hilarious, which rightfully it should be. It's called Have More Fun. You will have so much fun reading it. It's a really quick read. It's got a lot of great fun stories in it, but really great practical advice and why having fun is so important to our lives. So I think that you are really going to enjoy her book and this episode. But there are so many other things that I want to share with you too. First of all, this one kind of has to do with everything else I'm going to tell you afterward, but I found a house. I am actually going to be moving very soon. I can't believe it's actually happening. After a year and a half, my kids and I will finally have our own home. It is very overwhelming for me to be taking on and starting from scratch, but I am so grateful to finally be making this next step. I think it's going to make a really big difference for me and my kids. So with that in mind, it has really re-inspired me to be able to, I feel like, offer a lot more in our Patreon community. For the past year and a half, it's been a little bit hard for me to feel like I have really much of anything to offer as far as homemaking or organization or planning or those kinds of things go. And now that I finally have my own place again, or I will very soon, it makes me feel like I have some things to say and not so much in an instructional way, but in a, hey, come alongside me, see what I'm doing kind of way. So I'm planning on doing a lot more videos as we're moving into the house and all of that kind of thing that Patreon members will have access to and be able to see. Plus, we have just released our brand new workbook this week for second quarter. And this workbook is so fun because instead of monthly challenges, we actually broke it down to weekly challenges. And there are things that I think are going to be really fun done in community by challenging each other to go for it and get things done. Organizational tasks, planning, like meal planning for a whole month, those kinds of things that we are breaking down and working on together as a group in Patreon. So if you want to be a part of of that, you just have to be a $10 or up level member and you could join by going to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. We would love to have you join us. We've got a very active Facebook group and we're going to be really doing these challenges together and helping encourage each other through the spring season. So come over and join us. We would love to have you at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. Okay, I think that's it for now. So let's get going with this episode with Mandy Ariado. Welcome, Mandy. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you because I have just completely immersed myself in your book for the past week. And it was so much fun that it just it made me very anxious for your interview more than maybe some people's because I just thought this is going to be a fun interview. 
So I'm excited. <laughs> I hope I can deliver. On yeah. <laughs> well, you already are. You already are. So, but for people who don't know who you are, I haven't really given any introduction, just said your name. So would you like to tell everyone who you are and a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Mandy. I have three kids. Uh, two of them are teenagers, which is insane. I live in Denver and I'm the CEO of Mops International. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> like, just throw that on the end. You're an author. You're a CEO. You're a you know ambassador of fun. You have this new book, Have More Fun, which is so good. But I know a lot of people have reached out to me when they heard I was going to have this interview and they were like, oh my goodness, I know who she is because I think a lot of moms have obviously been through mops. But I would love if you would take us back in time a little bit and could you give us a little bit of backstory as to how you got here, how you ended up as CEO and writing books and doing all that? Yeah, so I've had like the weirdest journey ever. So I started out right out of college and I was pastoring a church in San Diego. And then I was a teacher for a couple of years. And then I had kids and stayed home with them for a little bit. And then I decided that it was time to maybe head back to work part time. And I went to work at MSN out of LA where I was doing a lot of their digital media and social content, basically managing that. And then after that, my husband and I started a business. It was a fair trade organic coffee company and we sold to companies like Whole Foods and Costco and Trader Joe's. And so he and I ran that together for a lot of years. And then when we sold that, see a really weird journey, right? Like doing yeah. all these things. So yeah. then after we sold that, I went to work and planted a church in San Diego that was an offshoot of Mosaic in LA. And I was a teaching pastor there. And Joe and my husband and I grew that church along with a lot of other people for a couple of years. And then during that time, I was offered a position at Mops as their director of marketing and actually turned them down the first time that they offered it to me. But then after thinking a little bit about it, I felt like we were really being called to move out to Denver and join the organization. So nine days later, after I had originally turned them down and then decided to take the job, we were driving out in a U-Haul and we didn't have place to stay we didn't know what any like what the journey looked like nine days that's insane right yeah we just knew that we needed to make that move and so it all happened really quickly and so I was director of marketing here at Mops for three years and then when the CEO position opened up I went through the entire national search process and they ended up choosing me and it's been the wildest journey ever it's been the hardest thing I've ever done and also the best that's amazing. And yeah, I I don't come across many people who have quite that varied of work history. <laughs> Very eclectic. Yes. Yeah. So how long have you been CEO? Three years. Okay. So you've been with the organization for six. Yes. And so, I was a MOPS mom. I went to MOPS when my kids sure. were little. Yeah. So. yeah, me too. So how old were your kids when you moved? Fifth grade, third grade, and first. Okay. So before those teenage years where maybe it would have been a little harder. Harder. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That made it much easier. Well, that is such a fun story. 
I, I, yeah, not what I was expecting. I knew it would be varied, but I didn't think it would be that, like, from coffee to mops to teaching I know, right? to pastoring. <laughs> That's crazy. How fun. But it gives you lots of different, um, I was going to say ammunition, but that's not the right word, like different experiences to draw from for your writing. Totally. And I feel like, and I, I tell other women this so often, I feel like sometimes along our journey, we're like, this doesn't make sense. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm experiencing this at this point. And what I've found over the course of my career is like, it all adds up and it all makes sense at some point. Mm-hmm. Like all those pieces that we feel are disjointed, or maybe we start a blog and then we don't follow through. But the the act of even starting it and learning how to do that, that all matters at some point along the way. And it, nothing is wasted. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's a good thing to keep in mind, especially, I mean, I know you talk about it in the book and we'll get to it more in a little while, but for moms who feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough or whatever, to keep that in mind that it's, it's all worth something. It'll all have some sort of payoff at some point. Totally. Totally. That's a, a great, you should put that in the book. I know, right? That's your next, next book. Next, next book. Next yeah. One. Thank you. <laughs> so what made you write this book? I know you'd written a couple other ones. Was one traditionally published and one not? I was trying, I was Googling <laughs> on Amazon yeah, trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So we published a couple books just ourselves at mops but this is my second like official book okay and the thing that really sparked my thinking about having more fun and the reason I wanted to write this was because I found myself in a place in life where my three kids were playing in the back room and I ran back there to yell at them for for laughing too loudly (laughs) and like as the words are coming out of my mouth I realized I might have a problem on my hands here because I have completely forgotten how to have fun and to invite the people around me to have fun as well. And I recognized that I didn't want to get to the end of my life and just be really good at returning email, right? Mm -hmm. Or I didn't want to get to the end of my life and have been so focused on checking things off my to-do list that I had sacrificed fun with my friends and family and kids. And so I embarked on this year journey. And usually at the start of a year in January, I make a lengthy list of things I want to achieve over the course of I don't know if you're anything like like that. Yeah. But so this one particular year, I decided I'm going to have one goal, which was a little bit painful for me. But the goal was to simply have more fun. And it really changed so many things. It changed how I parent. It changed my marriage. It changed how I view my work. It changed how I interact with people at the grocery store how I drive my car, like so many small aspects of my life were changed because I decided to have more fun. I love that. I think it's such a powerful thing. I know that through my experience in the past year and a half, I mean, I haven't been perfect at it. Everyone can attest to that. But the times when I just allow us to press into the fun, it it even makes the hard things easier. And so I just, I love the whole concept behind this book. Like, I love it so much. I think we're going to do a whole quarter of focusing on fun in our Patreon group for the podcast. Have this book be the core of like, guys, let's, let's get off our like a little bit less seriousness. You know, like let's, let's just have some fun with life because it's, you only get one. Like why not? Totally. Totally. Are you good at cultivating fun normally? Like, is that your default? Uh, 
I think I'm not good at like planning out specific fun. I get annoyed by that. I think it's like, and I think it's spontaneous fun. Yes. I think like there's been a little bit of like backlash from my seven years of homeschooling where I'm like, I'm not planning anything people. (laughs) We're just, we're just getting by. But I love like, like we have a playlist that we listen to at night when we're driving home. And I like to have spontaneous dance parties. And like, I've shared about this on the podcast before, but like my daughter broke her arm last summer. And my instant thought was, okay, well, we need to head to Hobby Lobby. Because pretty sure that arm is broken. And after we get out of the doctor, we're going to make that the most fabulous cast of all casts <laughs> on the planet. Brilliant. And it was. And you know what? My daughter's like, well, when am I going to get another cast? <laughs> <laughs> She's looking forward yes, to her next yes. And That's so, good parenting right there. Right? I felt like yes. that was a total win. Like, even when I'm having, like, months-long stretches <laughs> of difficulty, I'm like, but I decorated that cast, and man, totally. it was fabulous. So yeah. I think I'm better at, like, those those kinds of things than, like, planning the wonderful, you know, amazing whatever. Yeah. All right, ladies, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are moving. We got our own house, and I am so excited. But guess what? When you are starting from scratch, you need a lot of stuff, a lot of really basic stuff. And of course, I didn't want to move into our new home and fill it with a bunch of chemicals and products that I didn't believe in or have to search all over town to find all the different things that I need. I just wanted to be able to go to one place to get all of our cleaning supplies and that sort of thing. So of course, where did I turn? Well, to grove.co, of course, because not only can you get a great free Mrs. Myers gift set, I'll talk about that in a second, but I know that everything available at Grove is healthier for us and the planet, and the products really work. Grove delivers natural brands you love, like Mrs. Myers, Seventh Generation, Burt's Bees, and Grove, their very own brand, straight to your doorstep, which I adore. So I recently did the stock up, like I mentioned. I got our dish soap and some laundry detergent and all those kinds of things, but I I also got some cleaning implements that I'm so excited about, you guys. They have the most beautiful glass bottles for cleaning. And then the thing that I'm absolutely the most excited about is their Grove Collaborative Bubble Up Dish Soap Dispenser and Brush Set. It's this great little dish that you put the soap into and it's spring-loaded and you push your little brush in there and it only gives you the amount of soap you need so you're not wasting soap. It's brilliant and beautiful. They have one in just white or they have one with wildflowers on it. You guys, you've got to go check out their products. They're so great. Plus, they look super classy in your house, which I am all about. And right now, you can get this exclusive Mrs. Myers offer from Grove, but you have to get it before it runs out. You select your favorite spring scents, peony, lilac, or mint, and new customers will get a free cleaning set in these limited edition scents when you place your first $20 order. You get Mrs. Myers Spring Hand Soap, Mrs. Myers Spring Dish Soap, Mrs. Myers Spring Multi-Surface Spray, Grove Collaborative Cleaning Caddy. I'm super excited about this one. I got the gray one. It's going to look beautiful in my new house. And the Grove Collaborative Walnut Scrubber Sponge which are awesome. So try Grove now before this exclusive spring offer runs out. For a limited time, my listeners get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer's Spring Scents, a free 60-day VIP membership, and a surprise bonus gift for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more. Check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co-lovely. That's grove.co, not .com, slash lovely. grove.co slash lovely 
lovely. You're gonna love it. Tag me on Instagram and show me what you got. You talk about a lot of different fun. You give great examples of other people who've done fun, like presidents and things. I mean, the stories, there was so much research I felt like you put into this book of finding great other people who've had fun, which I don't, was that easy to research? Like It wasn't. Fun is the hardest topic <laughs> I've learned over the years to really dig into because nobody really talks about it or prioritizes yeah. it, especially like it's not in the history books of people who are really good at having fun. So yeah, yes. it was a difficult topic to research, but there were a few gems that yeah. kind of stood out that I found. I felt like you really upped my trivia game after reading oh, this thank book. thank you. It's like, I know so many great little like snippets from history now of people who had fun that I feel like I could, I could probably rock it. You know, I'm so glad to hear that. My favorite is how Teddy Roosevelt went yes. skinny dipping in the Potomac. Yes. <laughs> Like I mean, his lunch break or something? Yeah, totally on his lunch break. Yeah, just no big Isn't thing. Isn't that the best? Yeah, no big it was, deal. It was also great to hear about your skinny dipping. <laughs> oh, yes. there. That's not the only the only time either, So, but I have been <laughs> caught by our neighbors skinny dipping before. That, so. was, that was pretty fabulous. But who would expect the neighbors to be on the roof? I mean, honestly. Right. Thank you. I'll, I'll give that one better. to you. Yeah. Okay. I'll totally give that one to you. So are there any pranks or fun things that you guys have done? Obviously, I mean, you've had more fun than could fit into this book. But are there any that you particularly had to like cut out of the book or thought, oh, that would have been fun to add or something like that? We have all sorts of things that we do in our like little silly things in our family. One, uh, we have a... <laughs> like a bullhorn you know those really loud like oh, yeah. yeah so my husband and son have a little competition to see who can scare each other oh. so that's an ongoing thing that happens in our house where they'll like jump out and scare each other with a bullhorn oh. um my co-workers for my birthday one year wrapped every single thing in my office with wrapping paper like every paper clip was wrapped in pa- in wrapping paper um i can't imagine book, how long file, that took every pen it i it must have taken them hours and hours and hours and it was completely hilarious that is crazy uh, so that's a really fun prank i think pranks are my love language honestly yeah. if i had to choose one that's definitely it so we also do just a silly thing we do at our house is for our friends' birthdays. We record videos for them, like whether it's singing along to a music video or we rewrite the lyrics of songs. And our whole family of five participates. Sometimes there are costumes involved. Oh, that's fun. It's, we, we really take that to another level. So that's something fun that we do for everybody's birthday. Yeah, so there's just all sorts of silly, fun things that happen at our house. Well, and I think that some people, I think there's a certain amount of fear associated with being fun and funny like oh what are they going to think of me if I send this silly video to them and stuff but I think that people don't realize that if you set that precedent of being a weirdo then that's just what people expect of you and then they they are in on it too like it's actually very freeing to just go ahead and be the goofball You are so right about that. And for so much of my life, I feel like I have spent it trying to be cool. And what I realize is it is way more fun to not be cool and just to like 
lose your chill and people respond to it so much better. That that sense of vulnerability is really remarkable and what it does to woo people towards you and people want to be your friend and they want to get to know you more because you're not Yes. putting on airs or I don't know what that is, but I have spent far too much of my life trying to be cool and I'm enjoying it so much more choosing fun instead. Yes. And I think that especially in our culture with Instagram and social media and everything where people are constantly seeing the best of people, when someone is just really honest about things, I know that when I, like I just shared a story on my Instagram yesterday about how my nose was all stuffy all weekend. I had no idea that when I went to church, all the clothing that I was wearing had soured in the washing machine. <laughs> and of course, the church was like packed out. They had to like have people scoot over so that, you know, all of us it's who got there. Like, yeah, yeah, right there. And I'm standing there. My nose kicked in about the middle of the service. And I was like, dang, I know it's hot in here, but... I mean, who just did not put on their deodorant? And then I realized it was my clothing. Oh, that and is good. I turned to my mom and was like, is that me? She was like, oh, dang, that's you. And there was <laughs> no getting out of it. But I that's not something, I mean, obviously, so embarrassing. I felt so bad for the people around me. I was totally humiliated, but I said it on social media. Like, I talked about it on Insta stories. And I get more comments for that kind of thing, when I've just made a fool out of myself or I've done something goofy than I ever do on anything that's serious. You know, it's so true. It's so true. There's actually some studies coming out from Harvard and Stanford talking about how vulnerability, being funny, telling like your most embarrassing stories actually makes you more charismatic mm. and productive just over the course of a day. And they were just saying how that's evidence of it that's people respond when we're vulnerable with our the silly things that happen to us over the course of the day or the embarrassing so yeah it's so true yeah I know even recently my mom was talking about she works in a dentist office and they've had a couple of different um, women who are working in like the billing and insurance and you know every once in a while you're working with numbers you're gonna make a mistake and she said that people they've had in the past who have worked in that job they will get really angry when they're in front of the customer or the patient and get very defensive when they realize they've made a mistake. But mm. she said they have this gal working there now who she'll be going through it with the people and then realize she's made a mistake and she'll just stop and say, okay, um, nope, apparently I forgot how to do math today. Um, <laughs> just don't worry about that. Forget I said any of that. I'm going to go ahead and just fix that and get it for you. And she said it's such a different experience. The patients before would get frustrated and angry too. And now because she can laugh at herself and just be honest with, oh, I totally messed that up, that they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for getting that fixed for me. And everything ends on a good note. And it's a totally different experience when she can just be honest and vulnerable and laugh about it. That's remarkable. It totally like disarms the situation. Yes. And I think it's powerful to think about just in how we're dealing with anyone who messes something up, a waiter or, you know, if we come at it from a humorous perspective and giving people the benefit of the doubt, it can change so many of our interactions. Hey, ladies, you know what's super not fun? 
going to the store to buy feminine care products. You know what else is super not fun? Putting feminine care products in your body or around your body that are filled with a bunch of nasty chemicals that are not even disclosed to you. I'm not a big fan of either of those things. I'm also, want to hear one more thing I'm not a big fan of, opening the drawer and finding out that I'm all out of said feminine care products. Well, I have a company today to share with you that is going to take care of all that, and it is Lola. Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. I love that. Major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. Their feminine care products may also be treated with harsh chemicals, cleansing agents, fragrances, and dyes, where Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable, so you could choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. You're never going to have to run out again or run to the store last minute. They're just going to show up to your door exactly when you want them to. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You could change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time to make it completely fit your life. It's founded by women for women. Women get it. Lola offers pads, liners, and both BPA-free plastic applicators or environmentally friendly non-applicator tampons. Lola now offers cleansing wipes as well that are safe for use anywhere on the body. They are the first biodegradable all-natural wipe of their kind, perfect for a midday refresh, individually packaged, and perfect for on-the-go, gynecologist approved, and hypoallergenic can't get better than that. Plus, you do good with your purchase. For every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. That is amazing. But I'm going to do you one better. I'm not just going to tell you about Lola. I'm going to get you 40% off of your subscription. Yep, that's right. You can get 40% off all subscriptions by visiting mylola.com and entering the code LOVELY when you subscribe. Again, that's mylola, M-Y-L-O-L-A.com and enter the code LOVELY to get 40% off your subscription. I was talking with someone yesterday. I actually can't remember who it was. And they were talking about how they made a mistake when they were driving and like accidentally swerved into the lane. And the person who they accidentally almost hit um, rolled down their window and they were expecting to see like that person flip them the bird. But that person actually shot an I love you sign to them. Like, got you, no problem. I love you you know, go on with your day. And she's like, I have told so many people about that story because it just shifted the whole experience for her and, and changed, you know, how she perceived that entire interaction. So I just loved it. I read an article recently and it was talking about how, like when we advocate for issues or we talk about things on social media that we need a sense of humor, like we need to regain this sense of a sense of humor that we collectively have lost as a culture and a society. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think it has the ability to, to break down those walls with, you know, people on social media and everything, but you even talk specifically in your book, how shared absurdity is one of the things that bonds us in friendship and I think in families. And I I just think it's a really powerful thing when you experience goofy things together. But I I loved your example because you talk about your friend who like burns her butt (laughs) or something. And 
My best friend and I, we became best friends because she shared in the absurdity of my having hand, foot, and mouth disease given to me by my lovely children. (laughs) And when I saw that part of the book, I took a picture of it and sent it to her. I was like, this is us. This is what did it for us. Uh, (laughs) It is so true, right? Like when you share those embarrassing stories or like I got lice from my kids. Like I'm a 37 year old woman with lice and, um, it, when you tell people those kinds of things, they just, it breaks down the walls immediately and it creates friendship really fast. Yeah, it really, really does. I mean, we went from being friends, but like when she was going, oh my gosh, send me pictures of all your skin falling off your hands and feet. (laughs) like all right we've bonded here we've crossed yeah, some sort of threshold friendship. yeah yeah <laughs> it's a totally different place yeah I love to and we kind of hit on this a little bit a while ago but how you talk about moms changing the world just by speaking into their kids lives because we have so many pressures like you're saying you say you have a whole chapter in the book about how we all feel this pressure to change the world and we forget that a lot of change comes from really simple things. I think people will probably say like, oh, it's easy for you to say you're the CEO of Mops. <laughs> but I think that you've been through a lot of different experiences. You weren't always the CEO of Mops. And so I'd love to hear you speak a little bit more to like the mundaneness of motherhood. Yeah. So this whole idea of like feeling like we need to change the world is such a new concept. Mm. And I think it's really done us harm as women to feel this pressure that we have to do something big. And my friend, Jared Mackey, who's a pastor here in Denver, did some research and the idea of changing the world. So he did research on how many books had the title of change the world, you know, over history throughout Mm -hmm. history and it was like I don't remember the exact numbers that are in the book but it was like since 1960 is when every single book has come into being there's now 20,000 books with the title change the world before that there were like zero right yeah so it's such a new idea and I really believe that we change the world by being fully alive in our everyday life yeah. And I think the way that we speak to our kids, I mean, that sets a trajectory for them for their entire life. The way that we interact with the bus driver who comes to pick up our kids every morning at the bus stop, the way that we yeah. care for the person who is checking us out at McDonald's or whatever it is, I think that's really changing the world. It's changing our world, certainly. And that is like the most important work that we can embark on as moms, I feel like, is just recognizing like the smallest details of our day. They truly do matter, even if it feels mundane or silly or, you know, like it's insignificant. It's not. It's all significant. It all matters. And when we embrace that, it's the people who really embrace that who you look at them and go, wow, like I want to be like that person. I want to have lead the legacy that that person is leaving. Yes. Yeah. And you see it in the effects on their kids. I mean, I have friends who they just so embrace motherhood. Even, I mean, it's hard. It's not like they're, they're perfect, but they, it's just, it's so admirable to watch them 
enjoy their kids and speak into their kids' lives and even these very mundane ways. And you see it in how the kids feel assured and loved and what they're willing to put themselves out there to do. Hmm. They're braver because yeah. they know they have someone in their, in yeah. their corner cheering yeah. them on. Absolutely. I think that that is a huge service to our children to help them to be able to go do great things is having that assurance at home. Totally. And I think when we do that as moms, when we really choose to enjoy our kids, like that's revolutionary because kids know, like kids intuitively are like, my mom's annoyed at me or my mom doesn't enjoy all of my quirkiness. And so I think when we just choose to enjoy our kids for whatever stage they're at, whatever their quirky habits are, that's remarkable in the life of a kid. Yeah, it truly is because like I've noticed with my six-year-old, she'll say, but do you like me? And it's like, yes, yes. I want you to know. I I mean, I don't like when you choose to behave certain ways, (laughs) but (laughs) I like who you are and you are amazing and I love you. Yeah. Wow. That's such a profound question. Did you say she's six? Yeah. I mean, oh my she's, goodness. she's been through a lot, but you know, she's very she, aware. Of yeah. Her, yeah. She herself. is. Wow. But I think another piece that you hit on in the book and I have a particular affinity for that really can cause a bond with your children is thoroughly embarrassing them. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I felt a real kinship to you in that while reading your book. In fact, I even read my son the story about you dropping your 15-year-old off at the bus because he's almost 13. And we just laughed so hard. You guys, you need to read the book, but I will give you a, well, do you want to, do you want to tell a snippet of that story? Because it's hilarious. Yeah, totally. So my husband and I, before my son would drive, we'd take him to the bus stop every morning and we'd take turns, one of us. And on my mornings, I always drive up to the curb, let him out. I get out of the car, walk around to his side and give him a hug and a kiss on the cheek, which is really embarrassing when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. And so one particular morning I do that. We park, I get out, give him a hug, kiss on the cheek, get back in the car. And as I'm driving away, I get this text and it's from my son and he says, mom, you're invading my personal space. And I was, so I texted him back and I was like, you came out of my personal space and kids and moms are always allowed to hug their kids. And, and of course that was highly embarrassing and probably scarred him for life. (laughs) But we have jokes about that so often. And that's really the relationship that we were developing with our teenagers is that kind of snarky, but like, we're, I, I see you, I got it, I know this is embarrassing, and I'm still going to hug you anyways kind of thing. And I yes. just feel like as our kids get older, they appreciate the embarrassment even more. Like it's more yes. and more embarrassing, and yet like they secretly love it. Yes. Oh, and I totally maintain that embarrassing your children is forming family bonds. Like yes. these are the things that your kids will undoubtedly remember And they will come back because they remember, oh, my word, mom danced in the middle of the grocery store aisles when, you know, Hawaii Five-0 came on. And I was so embarrassed at the time. But now that I'm an adult, I think she's the coolest mom ever. 
for doing that. Totally, totally. I, yeah. I don't know about you, but like when we get together as a family, we are constantly sharing stories about the embarrassing yes. things that our parents did. It's like yes. it bonds you together. Yes. Yes, and we're a big like movie quote or show quote family. We always use those. And nice. I feel like it's the same kind of thing with my son. We have been watching Downton Abbey. And, you know, he's almost 13. And his ability to wield a dowager countess quote <laughs> into a conversation or say something to me if I've done something dumb or whatever. And I have to pause for a second and be like, was that the dowager you just quoted? That is a life skill right there right? that will serve him well yes. into adulthood. Yes. And well it's done, that bonding. Anna. Yeah. 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 Oh, I that is it. fantastic. Yeah. It's it's pretty fun to have him just pop off with, do you want Mosley to die? <laughs> <laughs> so that's your show. That is our show. Yes. Yes. Uh, we've been binge watching, got rid of all of our other shows for months. And we've just been immersed in Downton Abbey. But it's been I so just fun. really enjoy that he likes that show. Right? I'm really into that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like not it. sure at all that he would be. And he just absolutely adores it. So it's been so fun. We're gearing up for the movie. And yeah, it's great. When does the movie come out? September. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. So it is, now, it is time. It is time mm-hmm. to get refreshed on all things Downton Abbey. Yep. Totally. It's fabulous. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I like how you talk about self-improvement in the book too, that in a few different ways. I like how you say, like, look for the wonder. I think you had a friend in the book who committed to like looking for the wonder and the beauty And she realized like it had been there always, but she just didn't have the eyes to see it because she wasn't looking for it. I think that's such a powerful thing in our lives. So the whole idea of self-improvement is really fascinating to me because um, I feel like in many ways we're improving ourselves to death, right? Like we are so focused on being the best version of ourselves that we can be. And I was talking to a counselor friend of mine and she was saying how when people are experiencing high rates of anxiety or depression or just feeling like they're not enough, what she tells them is to take a month-long break from any type of self-improvement, whether it's exercise or um, reading self-help books or anything like that. And she tells them that they need to do just one thing, and that is to experience more fun, Mm -hmm. which is really remarkable in so many ways because we stop focusing on all of the things we're not and we just start to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. And I think self-improvement when we're trying to better ourselves is a noble, noble endeavor. And we all have so many, you know, things that if we made small tweaks in our life, we might be happier or Mm -hmm. feel more confident. But on the whole, I feel like we're just getting bombarded with messages telling us we're not enough or we need a new beauty product or everybody has a secret to not age. And if we only bought it or figured it out that we, you know, found the thing that makes us feel happy. And the truth is it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just a big fan of kind of calling a timeout on the whole idea of self-improvement and, and just taking a short time in our life to just experience some joy and to feel like we're okay and that everybody around us is okay and that we're doing enough. Yeah. To just kind of give ourselves a break. We have so much burnout in our culture. I think especially for moms. I mean, 
coming back to kind of what we were talking about even a minute ago, I heard a statistic recently that said that moms in the 70s were, they spent a certain amount of hours, if they were stay-at-home moms, it was like 11 hours or something, focused fully on the children throughout a week. And then it by now it's gone up to 17 hours a week but but that's for working out of the home moms <laughs> like yes it's we're as moms who are even working full time are trying to do as much focus time on their children and that sort of thing as was not even heard of in the 70s and how we're just expecting so much of ourselves in every area of our lives including self-improvement and sometimes I think you just got to got to live. Like you're saying, like, give yourself a break and enjoy life. Totally. Totally. I, I think I write about this in the book, but when I think back about my own mom, who is like, she was the, is the best mom and totally gave us so much freedom and in room to explore as Mm -hmm. kids. But I was looking on Instagram about a year ago and someone was posting about how every year for their kid's birthday, they build like a memento box about like the past year in that kid's life. And so they write a letter and put things in that commemorate that particular year. And then her plan is to present it to them when they're 18 as like a tribute to their childhood. (laughs) But I thought about my own mom and, you know, parenting in the 80s and she would have like laughed all the way to jazzercise at the <laughs> idea of creating a memento box to hand over to her kids when they're 18. And it's like, we just put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything perfectly yeah, and to make, you know, all of these special moments for our kids. And really, I think those special moments are just built in throughout the course of the day, like watching Downton Abbey with your kids. Yeah. Like, brilliant. Love it. Yeah. It's been so freeing to have it not be like some big thing I need to create snacks for and you know whatever totally we just watch Pinterest worthy snacks yes yeah we just get to enjoy okay I know I've mentioned it a few times in this podcast ladies but we're moving and we're super excited about it and one of the things that comes along with having our own space again is being able to do things in our own way and our own routine again. And for me, one of those big things is meal planning and specifically meal planning with plan to eat. I have used plan to eat for five years now. I am a huge lover of this company because they seriously simplify my life and they help me to make meals an important part of our life and our family culture, the way that they should be, the way that plan to eat believes they are. They believe that physical and emotional health is tied directly to what we eat. And Plan to Eat was born from the desire to eat real food, great food, prepared at home together as a family. And Plan to Eat just happens to be a tool that helps you prepare delicious, wholesome food that nourishes both body and soul, but taking a lot of the headache out of it. So Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website. You can also go ahead and put in the ones by hand that you've loved all your life and they're passed down from your grandmother, you know, all those kinds of things. You put in the recipes your family actually eats, and then you're very simply able to create a meal plan around your schedule. It's a drag and drop system. It's super easy to use. You can even copy entire meal plans that you've created and put them on other weeks, also saving you a ton of time. And then after you've created the meal plan, the software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan and your shopping habits. 
it's so well thought out, you guys. I can't say enough good things about it. In addition to a desktop account, your subscription also includes access to a mobile app that is amazing. You no longer have to print out lists or anything. It's always right there in your phone. And to make it even better, Plan to Eat also has a full-time support team that is available to help you get started with an account and answer any of your questions. Plan to Eat is a subscription service that offers monthly and yearly options for $4.95 a month and $39 a year. That's only 75 cents a week. Plus, they include a free, fully functional 30-day trial, no payment required, so you can easily see if it's right for you. But it gets even better, ladies. Plan to Eat only has one big sale a year. But if you visit plantoeat.com lovely, you can start a free 60-day trial instead of their normal 30-day trial. That's two months for free of planning. So you're going to want to get it as soon as possible. Get your recipes in there and see how amazing it is. Just go to plantoeat.com lovely. You could friend me on there at Bold Turquoise. We can share recipes. It's a great system. I think you're going to love it like I do. Go check it out. plantoeat.com lovely. Okay, so people can go get this book now. And you guys, I think you should, because I'm thinking we may even do a book club this summer um, with the Cultivating the Lovely Peeps, because this is a book I think is so freeing. It's such a simple idea, but it's so freeing and so profound. And I think more more moms, especially maybe heading into the summer (laughs) when everybody puts out their summer bucket lists and like all the things... Like just maybe just focus on enjoying your life this summer yes. and your life with your kids. And so I think that everybody needs to go grab this book for darn sure. So <laughs> it's really good. And will there be an audiobook? There will be. Okay. Yes. In just a couple of weeks, it should be out. Super fun. Well, and by this time, by the time it comes out, it'll be out, right? Yes, okay. definitely. Yep. Sounds good. Everybody just find a way to fit this book into your life in some way. Okay, but for now, would you tell us what a typical day in your life looks like? Yes, and I feel a little bit, like, it's a little bit annoying when I'm going to tell you what my day looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Because, okay, so I get up at 5.30 usually, which I know is annoying for people who have little (laughs) kids at home. Um, But I get up at 5.30, I make my kids lunches, I spend a couple minutes just doing my thing, uh, whether it's reading or just having a couple minutes to myself. And then I try and be out my door. I get my kids kind of ready and then give them hugs and kisses. And I'm out the door by 730. Mm-hmm. My husband takes my kids to school. And then I'm in the office by about eight. Okay. And I'm in the office all day long on a normal day. I leave here about 430. And every night is taking kids to some type of practice or extracurricular activities. Yeah. And then uh, just a very normal night with my kids. So um, it's, I I have a very busy travel schedule. So on days when I'm not in the office, I'm traveling somewhere. But on the whole, I uh, have a pretty typical, typical day. Okay. And just because I don't have many CEOs, I've had a couple on the podcast But what do you do? Like, what fills your day at work? That is a great question. So my main job is leading my team, casting vision for the organization, working with donors and fundraising. I have a board of 17 people who I report to. So that's interesting, having 17 bosses. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I 
really, I write a lot. I speak a lot. I actually lead a lot of our marketing efforts here at MOPS because that's something that I really love to do and kind of keep our organization focused on some big goals that we have for the future and really making sure that we're aligned with our core mission. That's amazing. So do you enjoy the travel? You know, I do up until a point and then I am such an extreme introvert that I'm like, I need to be home for 48 hours and not talk to anybody. So, um, but I, I do, I, I like the travel and then I absolutely adore coming home to my people. And so a lot of your travel, is it for just like business meetings and that kind of thing? Or is it events and that type of thing that you're involved in? It's all of it. So it's okay. speaking. I've been to D.C. a bunch this past year um, advocating on Capitol Hill and then also just meeting with key influencers there. Wow. It's uh, meeting with donors all over the United States. It's traveling to other countries to see how MOPS is working in the different spaces that we are in. So we're in 60 countries around the world, which is incredible. So, and it looks different in every country. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It's got to be vastly different for all the changes in culture. It's really astounding how adaptable the MOPS program is because it does take on the shape and nuance and flavor of every community that is in. So it looks different in Kampala, Uganda, than it does in Guatemala, than it Mm -hmm. does in Um, closed countries in the Middle East. So it's really neat to see how gathering women together and affirming motherhood and talking about important topics works everywhere. Yeah, I bet that's incredibly interesting to be able to see it kind of go across the cultures. Absolutely. How fun. Okay, now for a little bit lighter question. How are you currently cultivating the lovely in your life? Hmm. That's such a good question. So (laughs) this feels super lovely to me, but every morning when I wake up, I make a cup of tea and then have some chocolate biscottis. And for some Mm -hmm. reason, like I wake up looking forward to that and it feels like this really small way to bring something lovely into my day. And it feels so silly to say that, but it's like, it makes me so happy to wake up and have a couple minutes of tea and biscottis and it just feels like a real treat. Yeah, that does sound like a treat. I mean, I think that there's something really powerful in just having that thing to wake up to in the morning that you look forward to. I'm a huge believer in morning routines Mm -hmm. and I feel like when I have a good morning routine, it sets the tone for my entire day. So yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I've been saying this a lot lately when I get to this question, but I always know it's coming and I always forget to come up with what my lovely thing is. (laughs) Um, It's so silly, but I will say, okay, so recently I did start going to yoga therapy because I had been going to counseling for a long time um, just from everything that happened in my marriage and and whatnot. Um, But my counselor decided it was time to move on. (laughs) And so I started going to yoga therapy to kind of help because I have PTSD from um, everything that happened in my marriage. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of stuff that even though cognitively I'll know like, oh, this is why I'm reacting this way because this is what's happening and I'm being triggered and, you know, whatever. But your body still responds like the same way that it always does. 
And mm-hmm. so the yoga therapy, I know some, I know I'm going to get emails about this. You guys, I'm not worshiping <laughs> Buddha. I'm not, you know, there's, there's none of that going on. It's purely like being aware of what is happening in your body and having tools that help you to deal with those like physiological responses to stress. And so a lot of it is just like having like a program to wind down at the end of my day and just like being these couple of positions that like I wouldn't have even thought of like putting pressure on your adrenal glands to help them to get back to normal functioning instead of just being in stress mode all the time and and things like that. So they're all really simple things, but I've found them to be very helpful in just dealing with this kind of constant level of stress that we currently still have going on. So that's probably my I am thing. all about that kind of stuff. I yeah. where did, how did you find is it a class or is it just like one practitioner that you're working with? She has classes, but I am going to private sessions. She okay. is actually um the my mom works for a dentist and it's his wife who has this practice and she's the only certified yoga therapist in our area but she specializes in like working with people who have PTSD and anxiety and depression and different things and so she's really done a lot of extra training in those areas and even just my first session I went in and was kind of like well I don't know if this is going to be beneficial and she just gave me so much information that when she said it made total sense just about like the physiology of my body and how it was responding to stress and I was like oh yeah duh that's why I'm exhausted and you know whatever so it's been really helpful in a lot of different ways I'm I'm really grateful for it I'm a huge fan of that and I do believe our bodies hold things and when we move them and address it it can really unstick things that feel too heavy to carry around yeah and help with just like, I know like my battle is not over yet. And so having tools that I can use when specific stressful situations come in, is just, it just makes you feel more proactive in being able to handle it. Totally, yeah. totally. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Oil diffuser. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. City or country? Oh, this is a really tough one for me. I'm going country today. Okay. Um, Paper or digital? Did I say that? No. Paper or digital? Paper, 100%. Okay. It's 4 o'clock. You're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? I guess it wouldn't be 4 o'clock. Whenever you're home making dinner. Yep. (laughs) Do you listen Uh, to a podcast or music? Music. Okay. And what would be some of the music you would listen to? Oh gosh, I'm. I love Green Day. I'm okay. a big fan of Neil Diamond. I oh know, super weird, super <laughs> weird. Um, my kids are really into this guy out of Canada called Mac DeMarco. So he plays in our house a lot. Okay. Um, '90s hip hop. Yes. Okay. So we have very eclectic tastes around the Arioto house. That is fun. Okay, chocolate, milk, or dark? Milk. Okay. Sports or no sports? I like to play sports, but not watch sports. All right. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. What is your favorite movie? Hands down, 
you've got mail. Ah, uh, yes. Always feels Mine embarrassing too. to admit to, but that's no, it. No, yeah. there is nothing embarrassing about you've got mail. I'm so glad we both feel the same way about that. Yes, it is the most fabulous thing. And I always know I truly bond with someone when I can throw out a you've got mail quote and they know what I'm talking about. Totally. All right. Totally. We're on the same page. Good. Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, zero is totally not crunchy is 10 and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair. Where are you on the spectrum? Nine. All right. I yeah. don't normally get that response. And that was a very assured nine. Yeah. You. My kid, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm real high up on that, on that scale. Is that, is that a trend in Denver? Would you say? No, I've been this way ever since I was little and mm-hmm. it's highly annoying to my kids <laughs> at times, but yeah, I don't know. That's just like my default is to like, be real high on the crunchy scale. All right. I love it. That's a great answer. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Mandy. It was so enjoyable. Oh my gosh. It is such a gift. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Everybody go get her book and I can't wait to hear your next book too. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye. Mandy is just so fun. I know you're going to love her book. You're going to want to get your hands on it. So if you head over to our show notes at boldturquoise.com slash 111, that is where you can find all the links to her books and her and all that kind of fun stuff. So boldturquoise.com slash 111. Also, one way to have a super amount of fun is to join us in Patreon, where, as I mentioned, we've got all new challenges going on, a new workbook to help you with your goals. We're even doing a Bible study in Romans. Come join us, patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. We would love to have you there, get to know you, and really join that inner circle of our Cultivating the Lovely community. And while you're doing things on the internet, I would so appreciate if you headed over to your podcast app or iTunes, and you left us a quick rating and review in iTunes. It makes such a difference for the when you leave a little something something and you do like a five-star review would be awesome and just one sentence about hey yeah love this show that helps iTunes to know that oh people are listening to the show we should keep it high on the list and recommend it to other people so I so appreciate when you do that it makes a really big difference and I hope that you really are enjoying the show enough to go ahead and give us that little shout out all right ladies I think that's it for this week until next week Go be bold and gracious. Mm-hmm.